If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. So look, it, it doesn't come as a surprise to me or to anybody else that the left is targeting the ultimate symbol of the America First movement, right? The former president. And the attorney general um, apparently has announced he's going to arrest another 700 to 1,200 Americans who he says are connected to the J6 rally. This is starting to get real close to home for a lot of us. Now, I wasn't there, but I have a lot of friends who were, and they were certainly not there for the wrong reasons. They were there because they were concerned that there had been some, well, some shenanigans in an election, and they have a right to redress their grievances to the government. So it makes me a little nervous to know that they've got another 1,200 lined up, keyed up, to be arrested for basically... uh, you know, doing what we have a right to do, a constitutional right, mind you. We should be shocked, but we're not. We're not having it, though. You see, the revelations that came out of the uh, released footage that was given to Tucker Carlson and apparently is going to be given to all these other media outlets now actually shows us that the federal government and all those fake news media types lied about what really happened that day. Not that I needed proof, But it's uh, really kind of shocking that once the proof was given, they up the, you know, they doubled down. For over two years, you've had people who have been held as political prisoners in Washington, D.C., in my nation's capital. People whose attorneys were not allowed to see the, the footage, the video footage of inside the Capitol building. Last time I checked, that would be exculpatory evidence. And now that we have finally been permitted to see less than 1% of the 47,000 hours of footage. Less than 1%. I don't know about the rest of you, but I think it's time to release all of the J6 footage. You know, 55% of Americans believe cheating happened in 2020. That's a lot of people. 39% believe it's pretty likely. That's another 13 million people. So the attorney general and all these leftists, all these partisans inside the Department of Justice, they understand that we truly have some concerns about the 2020 and even the 2022 election results. We're not sure that we can trust them. So it's about time, I think it's about time anyway, to release all of the J6 political prisoners, especially that poor shaman whatever he was with the horns on. You know, this poor putz was led around by the Capitol Police. He was praying for them. Now that we've seen the footage, 
It's pretty incontrovertible. They're abusing their police powers. And I can't imagine why they would be abusing those powers unless it was to protect protect the uh, Biden administration and even the Biden family. Because let's face it, a lot of stuff is coming out. It doesn't look good for Joe and the crew. 17% of the people who did vote or admit they voted for Joe Biden in 2020 said they would have changed their vote if they had known that the Hunter Biden laptop was real. So there's no question in my mind, you know, whatever you may think about Barr, the attorney general that, you know, didn't do everything Donald Trump wanted him to do, whatever you think about him, you have to admit that he certainly didn't behave in a partisan manner. He didn't go after a bunch of Democrats. He probably didn't defend Republicans enough, but he didn't go after a bunch of Democrats. This attorney general, Garland, He's like he's got like a a a, a team of of I don't want to use you know I hate to use Nazi analogies but they really are you know uh, jackbooted thugs running around arresting now they want to arrest like sixty seven percent of Americans is this the only way they figure they can send a message to America if they dare to speak out you know don't you dare say anything about insurrection don't you dare say anything if you don't question us. Just go about your business. Is that the kind of America that we want? It's certainly not the kind of America that I want. An America where parents can't go to a local school board meeting without being uh, you know, termed potential domestic terrorists. You know, this is enough already. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm up to my uh, eyeballs in, in, in this garbage. And then I have to deal with you know, the members of, of the tribe, my father's tribe, right? Who continue to support Democrats and these leftist causes when in fact they're not friendly at all to the Jewish people or the Jewish state. So now the ADL who, who bends over backwards claiming that the uh, former president, Donald Trump, is, is, uh, is an anti-Semite, which is so ridiculous. I've explained that a million times. I'm not doing it again. But now, now they're saying that because Donald Trump dared to mention George Soros, that he's fomenting anti-Semitism, that it's dog whistles to anti-Semites. I mean, th- these people must, they either believe that we're as stupid as dirt or they just don't care anymore. They're going to do whatever they want, and we don't seem to be uh, you know, able to elect people who will stop them. I know they're making a lot of noise in the House, but I haven't really seen any uh, action. You know what I'm saying? Meanwhile, we've got some serious problems in the upper chamber. I, I mean, this, is, this will make you, your hair stand on end, or, or it makes my hair hurt. That's the only way I can describe it. The absence of Senator John Fetterman and apparently a couple of other senators who are out because they have uh, medical emergencies or whatever. Well, guess what? The upper chamber of our Congress is in complete disarray. They can't get anything done for weeks now. 
Fetterman hospitalized for who knows what. I, I'm going to say the guy had a stroke and things are not well. They said he was having a mental breakdown. That's great. Just what we needed. You know, they didn't vote for Dr. Oz, who at least had a brain. So now people are saying, oh, you know, this is making it really hard for the Democrats. It's making it hard for the whole Senate. Because people don't really recover all that well from a severe stroke. But now we have other senators hospitalized. So now we have, uh, you know, it's gridlock. And I'm not accusing these senators of shirking their duty. I think Fetterman really needs to be in a, you know, a, a psychiatric ward right now. He's depressed or whatever. He's, he, he's definitely not fit for office. Yeah, Mitch McConnell was in the hospital. You got a, a whole bunch of them. You got one, oh, they only have a 51-vote majority in the Senate. That is as slim a margin as you could possibly have. So without Fetterman, they're up a creek. And they refuse to acknowledge that his condition is worse than it looks. So they're really going to keep this guy in office, even though it has literally left the upper chamber's work in complete disarray. He, he, you know, I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why we're not able to, to do just the bare minimum to operate the government. When somebody's unable to do their job in the real world, they get replaced. You know, if, do you really think that as much as I have been struggling once again to get completely well and believe me, I, I've got some really, you know, strong theories now about why my immune system is struggling as much as it has been lately. You know, prior to having COVID vac vaccinations, I had the strongest immune system on the planet. And I have done nothing to change my regimen. I still exercise regularly. I still eat well. I still refrain from sugar. I don't, uh, you know, I was living on just one a dose of caffeine a day, and I've taken even that away. For, for 27 days, I haven't even had a cup of coffee in the morning, all right? So I, I really take very good care of myself. And all of a sudden, I can't get over a cold. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't get, uh, my allergies will put me down and out. What happened? You know, what's the difference? I have a friend who told me, he came down from North Carolina, and he said, you know, I've never been the same since I took those shots. Just never been the same. I, I, and, and look, I realize I'm aging and that, that this is all part of aging, but my immune system was always a rocket ship. And now it's like it's stuck on the pad. It cannot get cranking. And I'm doing everything I possibly can. I've tried everything, colloidal silver, all that stuff. I have great great medical professionals helping me through this. I've had every kind of test with the exception of one. I'm waiting for two more tests to be administered, but every other kind of test, and I keep coming up, you know, clean as a whistle. I don't have anything that can be identified. I am convinced that I am suffering from, you know, whatever was in that mRNA vaccine destroyed my immune system. Just killed it. You know, and now I'm going to have to battle from every little germ that I come in contact with. And the amazing part, and I said this the other day, and then a friend of mine pointed out, uh, she wrote me an email. She goes, you know, I was saying the same thing, and then I got COVID. 
you know, that I, I didn't actually have COVID. I've been tested for antibodies. I, I mean, I had two shots and a booster so I could go to Israel. And that's the only thing that changed in my whole life. And I'm telling you, until somebody can give me a better reason or a different reason, I'm definitely uh, leaning towards believing that these vaccines are dangerous. We have no idea what's coming down the pike. Because if someone like me who took really good care of themselves would suddenly be, her whole system would be thrown into a, you know, a completely different system, I can't imagine. What about people who don't take care of themselves? How do they survive? Well, a lot of them didn't get the vaccine. You know, I, now the people I know who didn't get the vaccine, I just, I think we should give them all like, you know, prizes. I think they should be, uh, you know, they should be woman of the year, not Rachel Levine, who's not even a woman, but she's a woman of the year. Oh, please. The, the, the insanity that's going on. I was on a walk this morning with my husband. And he said, we were talking about like, you know, we live in a community with a lot of seniors. And we see some people who are out there and they're like me. They're walking. They're doing their thing. They're trying to stay in shape. And they're in their 80s. And some of them are in their 90s. And they're still, it's a struggle for them to get out and walk two and a half miles, the loop. But I see them out there every single day. And they're doing, they're pushing through. It's a whole different generation. You know, now, you know, now my grandchildren get a headache if they have to go to, you know, basketball practice. You know, they, they don't feel up to it today. It's just, it's mind-boggling. But they can sit in front of a computer screen for hours on end and, and they can watch TikTok and find out that if they uh, just make a certain face, they'll soon have Tourette's syndrome. I, I don't even understand what they're doing on these TikTok videos. Doesn't even sound like fun or entertainment to me. So the TikTok uh, CEO is in front of Congress. Ooh, good luck with that. You know, some of the people actually have children and are pretty concerned about what's happening to their kids. Their brains are turning into mush. And then they get vaccinated and their bodies turn into... If I can't recover with the kind of immune system I've always had, what about these young kids that we're pumping these vaccines into that we haven't even, you know, properly vetted? I love that guy in uh, D.C. that uh, Fauci and Muriel Bowser went to his door, you know, and he just said, oh, Oh, no, no, no. Whenever you start, you know, uh, giving incentives for people to take vaccines, I get very nervous. <laughs> he says, you just use fear. And it's true. They just use fear. But now I'm afraid. I'm afraid that John Fetterman and all the rest of these six senators are really going to turn my whole world upside down. They have not had a full chamber. That means they have not had every senator seated in the uh, chamber in seven months. It's like a historic kind of problem. And nobody's talking about it, right? Everybody's talking about, oh, the grand jury was given different instructions, and oh, there's exculpatory evidence that was withheld, and oh, 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 uh, you know, Dershowitz finally breaks his silence on the Trump case. The legendary lawyer says it's cut and dry. Cut and dry. In 60 years of practicing criminal law, I've never seen a worse abuse of prosecutorial discretion, says Alan Dershowitz. Here, there was no crime. They had to make it up. 
they had to combine a non-existent state misdemeanor, which is beyond the statute of limitations, to a federal felony, which was not prosecuted by the federal government, also beyond the statute of limitations. And that just isn't the way American justice works. And everybody, he said, should protest this. So we're, we're tired. You know, the people are tired, even the, even the libs. Dershowitz is a lib. He's tired of this. Cooking up charges? You know, of course a grand jury can indict a ham sandwich because if you could just make it up. And don't worry, there's 1,200 January 6th insurrectionists up next. You know, but meanwhile, you know, the, the only bad guy that's in jail is Michael Avenetti. But other than that, uh, bad guys get out real quick. Don't worry. If you're beating up old women in New York City, don't worry. There's, you're not going to be held. No cash bail. If you're in L.A. and you light fire to a homeless guy, eh, no cash bail. But, oh, you know, the ADL has got to come out right away. I'll talk about this when I come back from the break. But the idea that the ADL would say that blaming Soros for the mess in some of these cities is anti-Semitic is about, uh, it's comparable to me blaming, I can't even think of anything comparable. It's just so ridiculous. Anyway, let me, let me take care of a little business. Don't forget to download the 850 WFTL app or visit our website so that you can participate in our contest. We have generic contests where you can get rewarded just for listening. And we have great contests like a $50 DoorDash gift card so you can get, well, you can get saucy with chicken tenders from the Tender Shack. So just go to the website, 850WFTL.com or download our app and you can do it right from there. And stay right where you are. I'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So imagine thinking that because we, many of us, not just Donald Trump, feel that the insanity of having these district attorneys in these big cities in these leftist cities, I mean, let's be uh, you know clear on where they are. They're in Chicago, they're in L.A., they're in Detroit, they're in San Francisco, and they're, of course, in Manhattan. And the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, took a million dollars from George Soros. How is pointing that out anti-Semitic? You know, George Soros, first and foremost, the guy's 92 years old. And, and, you know, he he was born in Hungary. He was a Jew born in Hungary. But he uh, he was one of those uh, Jews that uh, didn't think much about other Jews. And Trump is entirely accurate. Soros donated approximately $1 million to Bragg's campaign. And Bragg is just one of dozens of candidates that Soros backed. The ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, following as it consistently does whatever the Democratic Party says, treats the mention of a Soros prosecutor as a term of incitement. The donations are a matter of public record. 
And what's more, the source of these funds is proud of what he's done. He just published an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal last July, last year, where he boasted about his efforts to put in a particular type of public prosecutor wherever he can. And he calls them reform prosecutors. Ask the people who live in these cities where the candidates took power. Ask them if they think it's their reform uh, prosecutors. That's a euphemism that doesn't reflect reality. They are, in fact, pro-criminal and anti-police. And they've done everything from, you know, make real crimes into non-crimes, no, uh, no cash bail, and of course everything, systemic racism, systemic racism. You know, look, racism is real, but Soros prosecutors have actually orchestrated a, a nationwide jailbreak that has let lawbreakers, including a lot of them who committed violent crimes, loose. Let them back on the street with slaps on the wrist or no punishment at all. But we're going to spend a ton of money chasing Donald Trump for making what? Uh, uh, an NDA arrangement with Stormy Daniels and now we find out that Michael Cohen swore that... He used his own money for this? I mean, now there's a letter that's been entered in. That was why the uh, grand jury was delayed yesterday. Because that's kind of exculpatory, exculpatory evidence, you know? This is such an injustice that I, I can't believe that there are actually leftists or Democrats defending this. But I shouldn't be surprised. You know, I, without mentioning any names, I, I heard something yesterday that made me want to just uh, run screaming, you know, throw my window open and say, you know, we're not going to take it anymore. I've had enough. I've had enough. So, somebody literally sent a, a text message to my husband saying that Governor Ron DeSantis is allowing to be taught in Florida schools that Joe Lewis, the boxer, was white. Now, I just want you to just, you know, take a deep breath because the scary part was it was a group chain email and there were people who concurred and agreed with that. Now, I make my living researching things. I make my living trying to find out if stories or allegations or suits are accurate. And so I know how to comb through all that kind of information. And I particularly know how to find out what's part of curriculums in the state of Florida. I use the design curriculums. So there is no curriculum currently in use anywhere in the United States of America, not anywhere, not even in the Islamic uh, schools that says that Joe Lewis the boxer, was white. It's totally a fabricated, made-up story, and people believe it. You know, these are the same people who sit in front of television sets watching, you know, uh, uh, Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski tell you how to think. I mean, you have to be out of your mind. I don't let no, anybody tell me how to think. You know, I may watch a little uh, Mark Levin. I may watch a little uh, Tucker Carlson, but I don't watch. And believe me, they don't tell me how to think. 
Whatever they say, I go and done research. Is this true? Could that be accurate? And when it is, I might run with that story. But when it isn't, I don't give it another thought. I don't fabricate or only use news that plays into my narrative. That's not my job. So the idea that anything that can portray the former president, Donald Trump, in an unflattering light or the current uh, leading contender against him for the nomination in the 2024 election, which would be Governor Ron DeSantis, even though he hasn't declared yet, and I think he's too smart to declare, but that's okay. You know, I'm just going to keep my powder dry. But all I can tell you is if, if now people are starting to make up stories like that about Ron DeSantis, he has no idea what he's in for. You see, we know what Trump knows what he's in for, right? It's the same stuff. They're recycling Stormy Daniels, okay? Think about that. Nobody got prosecuted in this seven years ago. This is old, 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 old news. Okay, even if it... Uh, well, however you believe, whatever you believe happened, whether you believe he had the affair, whether you believe he paid the money, whatever you believe happened, nobody cares except the crazy Trump derangement syndrome people. And apparently Alvin Bragg is one of them. Trump called him out too, said, you got the, you know, TDS, Trump derangement syndrome. And so apparently does the ADL, because now they're saying that just by mentioning George Soros, you are, it's a dog whistle. You're, you're trying to foment anti-Semitism. I got news for you, uh, as a, you know, the uh, Anti-Defamation League. Anti-Semitism is very, very alive and well in America, and you don't go after the places where it is. No, 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 no. You don't go after the communities where we see a lot of anti-Semitism, where we see a lot of racism. God forbid you should make it obvious that people in minority communities, particularly in the African-American community, go after Jews all the time. You know, Louis Farrakhan calls them uh, monkeys and rats. But you're, not, you're too busy condemning Donald Trump who moved the embassy to Jerusalem to go after Louis Farrakhan. You can't make this stuff up. So now Ron DeSantis, I, I, I'm still scratching my head. I mean, my husband looked at me and I said, are you going to you know, respond to that? And he said, what's the point? You know, what is the point? They believe it, even though it's ridiculous. I mean, it would be like saying, we think Buddha isn't Asian. I mean, he was called the Brown Bomber. But apparently Ron DeSantis doesn't equate brown with anything other than white. You, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm concerned for my country. You should be concerned for your country. The level of, of insanity, because that's what it is. People can't really believe that, but they want to. They really want to. Anything to hate a Republican, whatever, make it up. Doesn't matter. Doesn't have to be real. Just just say it. Say it often. And and make sure they're saying it on MSNBC and make sure they're saying it on CNN and make sure they're saying it on Media Light, whatever. Make sure it's said over and over again so that people who, who just really just, just have this derangement syndrome, RDS, Republican derangement syndrome, they'll believe anything. Yeah. Anything. Oh. Uh, 
I worry for my country. I really do. If I didn't believe that, you know, that in the final battle, God wins, I'd be very depressed. I'd be like John Fetterman in, in, the, in a hospital trying to figure out, like, if I can go on one more day. But I do know that I have a savior, so I'm okay. All right, let me take a break. Stay right where you are. We've got lots more to talk about, and believe me, I have a lot more to talk about. Stay right where you are. So there are, you know, there are two camps right now in, in New York, my hometown, New York City, right? You've got people who hate Donald Trump, and they're just hungry. You know, they, they just want to see him taken out. And then you have his supporters who are furious because they see this as a rank political persecution. But then there's this third group of people, and I know a lot of these people. They hate everything Trump stands for, but they think this is the worst case to pursue. And I'm talking high-powered attorneys in New York City's legal community, litigators who who think, look, this is a really weak case. It's built on really shaky grounds. And I'm not just talking about Alan Dershowitz. I'm talking about, you know, attorneys who literally um, are lifelong Democrats, Democrat donors. And that's what's so crazy. And you look at these websites, like I was looking at uh, Yahoo. I use Yahoo a lot just to get headlines. But they're so biased, right? They'll give you like, uh, underneath a story, they'll give you three more stories that you can read from, you know, pl places like the Rolling Stone magazine. Again, you know, not exactly a, a conservative <laughs> publication, right? And the headlines will be, uh, Trump attorneys tell him to prepare to lose to Alvin Bragg. Shocker. Trump was BSing about arrest timing. Intel bulletins warn of surge in violent threats over Trump arrest. You know, these are their headlines. Not one single headline about the viability of building a case around hush money. Payments that were, that the case was already refused in this very same office. And the case was refused at the federal level for any kind of violation of finance, uh, you know, campaign finance. So, even if if you believe that Donald Trump paid cash so that someone wouldn't tell his wife and endanger his future by telling some made-up story about having an affair with him, oh, is that against the law? Because if it isn't against the law, what is this case all about? You know, how many people do that every day? I'm telling you that because the radio business is kind of unique, I have been around some pretty strange efforts on the part of people who work at a radio station to accuse management of whatever. You know, it, back in the day when I started out, there was no sexual harassment stuff. You weren't, uh, you know, told, oh, don't put up a, a Sports Illustrated calendar of women in bathing suits. It, it, was, a, it was a good old boys club. There were a few of us women around, and we didn't make a bit of di it didn't make a bit of difference to me if the guys I worked with said very you know sexual things all the time to one another to me. I mean, if you're going to be part of the you want to world work in a world of men, you better be ready to listen to how they talk. So I never, you know, I never 
uh, yelled and screamed, uh, oh my gosh, this is against me, I'm a woman. Uh, I just, I, sometimes I would educate them and say, you know, that's really a, a disgusting thing. And you, you, do you kiss your wife with that mouth? That was my big line. When guys would say really unseemly things about women, and it was, I must admit, not much was said, you know, directly to me, but I would hear them. And I would say, do you kiss your wife with that mouth? And they'd shut up. You know, they stopped talking like that around me. And they, it wasn't that they didn't respect me. It was that I wanted to be part of their world. And I had to play by their rules. And that's true for women in every profession. Not so much now because we are, are well represented in many professions. But 35 years ago, you know how many women talk show hosts there were? Very, very few. And how many actually made it? Even fewer, right? We were allowed to spin records, you know, we could be, you know, uh, sexy DJs. But doing serious talk? Oh, no, no. I was told, listen, nobody wants to hear someone that sounds just like their wife talking politics. And we had to break through that glass ceiling. And we did. But I had to wait, break through it in a man's world, okay? And the idea that I can tell you personally, all right, now I've worked for eight different radio companies, all on the same broadcast frequency, okay? I've been at one variety of WFTL for 33 years, okay? This August will be 33 years. So I've been through multiple owners. And during those eight owners, not one time was there a, um, a sexual harassment suit because people got paid off. <laughs> you know, and that's all I'm going to say. Now, the current owners, are, it's woman-owned, so it's definitely a whole different ball game. But I can tell you, in the early days, in the uh, Tri-Talk days, there were plenty of, you know, uh, NDAs that got signed. I don't know if people got money, but I would assume they did. Who's going to sign an NDA and not get paid? So give me a break. When you, when you talk about these things, don't be naive. You know, any person running for public office, the first question we ask them, I'm going to be meeting with a potential candidate next week, okay? And, you know, the very first question that you ask a candidate is what, you know, what kind of dirty laundry do you have? You know, what's in your background? I need to know about um, previous marriages. I need to know about any lawsuits. I need to know about any criminal records. I need to know about uh, bankruptcies, all that kind of stuff, because all that is going to come out if you run for office, okay? So, you know, do me a favor and do yourself a favor, and let's see if there's anything that precludes you from being able to run and win. Because to just run and not win, I don't get it. You know, they, they trotted out a candidate a couple of years ago, and everybody jumped behind this candidate and pushed him and pushed him and pushed him, a, con a congressional candidate. And, you know, th and they tried the tact of like, well, let's tell all the bad stuff right up front and say we're going to use that to be better congressperson. Didn't work. And, and it's not that, you know, that the guy would have been a bad congressman. It's just that the world is really not ready for people who can't play by the rules to be making the rules. 
the Congress is the legislative body, all right? That's where the laws are supposed to be made. I know now we can make them at the Supreme Court. You can make them with an executive order. But, but literally, the job of the House of Representatives is to craft legislation. The Senate reviews and approves, and then it is presented to the President of the United States for his signature. And that's how a bill becomes law, okay? But why would you vote for someone who broke the law prior to uh, becoming your, your congressman. It just it doesn't make sense. So those are the kinds of things that, that you'll ask a potential candidate. I assure you that there isn't a human being alive who didn't believe that Donald Trump had multiple affairs and probably had multiple NDAs out there when he decided to run. Not that he would have listened to someone like me saying like, hey, maybe we might not want to run. You know, it's going to be really hard to win because he was, he was anointed. He knew he was going to win. But his baggage was clearly known. Clearly. I mean, when that Access Hollywood tape came out, I remember people going, well, that's the end. It's over. It's never going to end now. He can't be president. Oh, look, how did you hear what he said about women? Oh, oh. You know, he'll never be able to run against Hillary Clinton. Oh, she's going to win big time. That's all I heard. That's all anybody would say. So guess what? You know, how many times did Bill Clinton have to pay off people? He paid off Paula Jones, right? We don't have any idea. I remember the reason I didn't support him ever, even when I was still leaning a little bit to the left, was because... Joycelyn Elders, who ended up being the Surgeon General, but prior to that had been, you know, on uh, his Surgeon General in Arkansas, she had said to me, you know, this guy is a hound dog. That's all. You know, she, she didn't even weigh in on whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. She said, but he is, you know, and there's a lot of women out there. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, state troopers out there who know the stories. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of baggage, a lot of dirty laundry. You know, and I, and I remember asking, I said, well, what about his wife? What does she think? She don't care as long as he's, you know, president. <laughs> that proved to be true. And then she thought she was going to be president. But Donald Trump is the problem. And his cash for silence deal, woo, which didn't break any laws, is the problem. And then this moron, Michael Cohen, you know, he didn't falsely record $130,000 in repayment to Cohen as legal fees. As a matter of fact, if anybody's going to be in trouble from here on in, it looks like maybe Michael Cohen's in trouble because he signed papers saying that he used his own money to pay Stormy Daniels. If he then billed Donald Trump for legal fees, he falsified business records, not Trump. Just saying. That's usually a misdemeanor anyway. But of course, the prosecutors in this case are going to charge it as a felony because they say that the falsification of business records was done in the service of committing another crime. Campaign finance. Even though the federal, the FEC the federal uh, campaign finance laws weren't broken. No federal election law was broken. And if it turns out there isn't an applicable state campaign finance statute, which there might not be, then the question really has to be asked, could state prosecutors invoke federal law in this type of situation, even though it's not in their jurisdiction? 
he can't get a fair trial in Manhattan, that's for sure. So even if he loses, he'll win on appeal. But it's just, ugh, what a waste of energy and time. And poor Jimmy Carter. Is anybody going to pay attention to Jimmy Carter in his final days? I know. Joe Biden's paying attention because gas prices are up again. All right, don't forget, coming up at 1 o'clock, Dan Bongino. At 4 o'clock, Ben Shapiro. At 5 o'clock, Michael Knowles. At 6 o'clock, the WPTV News. And on and on and on and on. But Jen and Bill will be back to wrap up this week tomorrow morning at 6. So stay right where you are. Uh, it's, you know, there's a, a part of me that just wants to talk about, like, you know, barbecue restaurants. I do want to talk about this performance that I saw last night because I had sort of, um, I had some concerns when I was going and, and my husband was so super excited. Yesterday was his birthday and he had, um, he actually purchased these incredibly good seats for us to see Shen Yen or Shen Yun, I don't know how to pronounce it, but anyway, it's this Chinese dance troupe and actually it's more than just a dance troupe they have um opera singers and all kinds of incredible uh effects and 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 gorgeous costumes and really acrobatic dancing and all the rest of it but you know i had gotten this call from of course the the most leftist person in my family my daughter telling me you're gonna go see that communist propaganda and so i was like what you know my daughter's is about as close to, you know, <laughs> communist, I think, sometimes as, uh, you know, a communist is. Or at least she certainly is one of these utopian, everybody should have whatever they need, even if rich people have to pay the way. And as a rich person, she's willing to do that. It's just not, doesn't resonate with me. But I went to this show last night, and... We had incredibly good seats, except, of course, I was sitting behind a man who was not only uh, very tall and elegant, but sat ramrod straight the whole night, which meant that, and we were right in the center of the orchestra, so it meant that I could only see stage left and stage right, but I couldn't see center stage, and obviously, when you're looking at a large dance troupe, most times there were at least 20 people on the stage dancing. Um, if you miss the middle, you, you probably miss, you know, really grasping the whole thing. You know, I would recommend if you're going to see this, you know, sit upstairs. You, you'll get a better view of the whole extravaganza. And it was an extravaganza. It was beautiful. And at one point, they had an updated, they newly choreographed it every year. And they did an updated version of the Uyghurs, of, of, of Phelan Gong. And they showed young students at school who were um, basically beat up and arrested by Communist Party members, you know, the jackbooted thugs of Communist China. And two of these young girls were taken prisoner and taken off to some gulag. And one of them was killed and, and her organs were taken from her, which I thought was a pretty intense thing to be showing on the stage. I mean, obviously, it was done tastefully, but, you know, the guy comes with a white medical box, and she's under a sheet, and the next thing you know, he's leaving, and she becomes an angel, and she goes off into the sky, which was a really cool effect that they had. And I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, 
you know, uh, the one thing it didn't seem like to me was propaganda. I mean, it was actually a pretty accurate portrayal of ancient Chinese dance. And, you know, a, a group in New York since, I guess, 2006 has been training uh, Asians to dance this way, although my husband insisted that there was a, um, a non-Asian in the, in the cast. I couldn't tell. I mean, she might have been Mongolian. She might have been uh, mixed race. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's predominantly or entirely um, Chinese dancers. And it was just beautiful to watch. And, and very, very significant, striking. Some of the old cultural dances, like they had one uh, uh, dance that was from Tibet that was beautiful. Um, and there was another one, Mongolian chopsticks, that was incredible. I mean, the athleticism and the, and the costuming, everything was just beautiful. It was a, like a magical mystery tour is really what it was. So I, I don't know what my daughter was talking about, and I don't know if any of you are considering seeing this. I don't know if it's even, you know, there another night. I thought it was two nights, yesterday and tonight. I'm not sure, but um, if you ever do get a chance, it's definitely worth the price of admission. Now, it begins with a sort of angelic figure coming down from heaven, and then it tells all of the ancient uh, stories about the creator and the divine presence who's going to save humanity. So it was pretty much the same story as we Christians have when it comes to Jesus. So it was it, the whole thing was fascinating. And if you, uh, if you get a chance to see it, I would recommend you do. And then you can, uh, you can enjoy it like I did. I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at noon if it be his will and he take, delays his coming. May God continue to bless each and every one of you and may God bless the United States of America. My plan is to see you all here tomorrow at noon and we'll finish out this week. Thank you. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.